You're listening to season two of Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, composers, performers, and kids. Kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it so interesting and fun and sometimes strange. Because music is for you. I am your co-host, Arlene. And I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane, Sarah's mom and director and owner of the Lane School of Music. Let's Let's cue the music. Music. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the, Kids Cue the Music. I am your co-host Rebecca Lane. I'm your co-host Sarah Lane. And today we are doing an episode on musical terms because there are some really funky and strange words out there that we use in classical music. And we thought it would be fun if I read the musical term and Zara tried to figure out what it meant. So she's going to make up her own definition, basically. And everybody could use my definition as their definition. Yes, if if you want to. And then I'll tell you what the term actually means so that you don't get confused. Okay, are you ready? We have 10 musical terms to define. Fine. Okay, the first one is anacrusis. Anacrusis. Who was named Anna. She got a crucis for her birthday. Well, remember, it has something to do with music. So how do you, how do you grow? How do you, it, it could be an opera that's about a girl named Anna ah. getting, getting a crucis for a birthday. And how do you perform the opera Anna Crucis? Also, what is a crucis? Well, it sounds like it does sound a little bit like that. Anyone like Anna got crucified? Oh no, that's <laughs> terrible, terrible opera. Okay, an Anna Crucis is a note or notes that precede the first full bar. It's usually called a pickup beat. So in a piece of music, usually we start on beat one, but sometimes you have an incomplete bar, a bar of music that doesn't have all of the beats in it. And that little mini bar is called an anacrusis. But it's so funny that you said you thought it was like a girl named anacrusis or a girl who is getting a crucis or something, because I remember like we used to joke about this too when I was a kid. We would be like, anacrusis, anacrusis, can anacrusis come out to play? Mm-hmm. Like it was a person. Okay. Number two, cantus firmus. What is a cantus firmus or what does cantus firmus mean? Cantus firmus means stained glass window. Come on. Stained glass window. How do you get that from cantus firmus? Means two notes played the same. See, I would have guessed that it was something like cantus can't be firmus. Firm. Can't be firm. Cantus firmus. I didn't even think of that. Cantus firmus. Let's look up what it actually means. This is the one, one of the few ones I first write down, and I don't want to get it wrong, even though I do know what it is. Okay, so a cantus firmus is a pre-existent melody that forms the basis of a larger musical work. Okay. So it's like a, a folk song, it can be, or like a piece of music that already existed, a melody that already existed, and the composer puts music around it. They compose music around it. I can't just firmus. Well, yeah, it's what everybody does. They just take a song and then they work around it and then make it into a song. Yes, but this means like someone else composed the Cantus firmus. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there are definitely composers who do this, but this was a very common practice many, many centuries ago. When It's not many, many centuries ago. And okay, Zara claims it's still an ongoing thing now. Okay, moving on to the next one. It's called Da Capo. What do you think da capo means? Well, girl? I need because because it's spelled da, and she got a capo, and she got a cap. Sorry, someone. Da, it's it's like a dad who got a cap. A dad who got a capo. A cap. 
Dad capo. Dad like cap. A, yeah. A dad cap. Yeah. Like a hat cap or a cap of a beer. A beer cap? Yeah. Okay. It could be. Do you think that it could be composed into an opera? Do you th- yeah, I was just going to say, do you think that this is an opera or yeah, musical? It's a musical? It's a musical. Okay. It's about Anna's dad. <laughs> Anna's also <laughs> the two kind of cap. So Anna Cruz's also has a starring role in the opera De Capo. Yeah. Okay. So the part about capo, you're absolutely right. Capo means head or top or hat or cap. I'm right. You're brilliant. Da means, I think it means like from the or start at that or go to or something like that. Go to the cap. Yeah. So it's in a piece of music. You'll get to a certain spot in the music and the composer will write in da capo. And it means go again and start from the top of the music from the beginning. Start it again. So it's kind of a shorthand. It's how they do, how they get around writing out the beginning if they want you to play the beginning again. Well, that's what it does in my book for Kaylee. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they write it out. (laughs) The composer actually writes it out. The composer, he or she, I can't remember, could also have said da capo so that you play the beginning again if they just didn't feel like writing it out again. Okay, musical term number four is encore. Oh, I know what that means. What does it mean? It means go again. When do you use this kind of term? Well, normally after somebody did a piece, it's like, encore, encore, encore. Like after a performance. Yeah. So play it again, play it again. Yeah, you're exactly right. I guess that one wasn't a tricky one for you. Well, yeah, everybody knows that. Maybe not. Maybe you just taught it to some people. Okay. Falsetto. Falsetto. Sad setto. <laughs> you got an F. For false on their test. So, so summarize that for me, please. Wait, what was it again? A setto? A poor boy named Phil who checked his report card and got a false, an F, a false on his math test. Very interesting. So falsetto actually means singing above your normal range. It's usually refers to when men sing in sort of their head voice, like up really high in a kind of floaty it almost sounds false, like a, like it's not really their voice. Yeah, falsetto. Okay, the next one is blotondo. It's a tondo. It floats. Mm-hmm. What's a tondo? The tree. The pear tree. Mm, a floating tree. Tell me more. Tell me more. No, it's a, it, no, it's a curtain sitting on a floaty. A curtain? No, this microphone. It's a microphone sitting on a floaty. Explain. Yes. So the tondo is a microphone. No, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I'm waiting so long. It's somebody named Tondo, and they're sitting on a microphone. And no, it's sitting on a floaty. They can float. Someone named Tondo sitting on a floating microphone. No. Okay, let me just tell you what it actually is. No, it's a, a, somebody named Tondo sitting on a floaty. Okay, Flotondo is, it means flute-like mode. Usually used for string instruments to indicate a light, rapid bowing over the fingerboard. So, you know, if you play your violin, you put your bow over the fingerboard, it makes kind of a whispery, like almost fuzzy sound. Sometimes composers want string players to do that for a special effect. And so one of the things that they do to indicate that they want you to play like that with your bow is they write in the word flotando. Okay. This one is a fun one. This is maybe my most favorite one. Mano sinistra. Mano sinistra. That sounds like Latin. It does sound like Latin. I don't think it is. I think it's Italian. Oh, yeah. Because I think... My Latin teacher is also Italian. Interesting. Okay. Sinistra. What does... Mano sinistra. Sinistra. That's a Latin word. For what? 
window, I think. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, something to do with a window. So you think it has to do with a window? Like open up. Maybe like open up the note. Manos and, oh, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Manos and it's right. Open up the note. Open up. Yeah. Open up the sound. Yeah. Maybe. Can you think of an English word that sounds a little bit like sinistra? Sinistra. Yes. Okay. And mano means hand. So. Hand sinistra. Hand sin- sinister hand. What could that mean? That, cause that is the literal translation of it, I believe. Oh, yeah. What sinistra is actually a word in Latin. So what could it mean if a composer says, play it with your sinister hand? Like, put your hand sinister. So interestingly enough, back in the day, people believed that the right hand, the correct one to use, that's why it's called the right hand, and the left hand was the sinister or evil hand. And so it developed in, probably in Italian, it still is to this day, that if they're talking about the left hand, they call it the mano sinistra. And so sometimes a composer says, I want you to play this with your left hand, especially if like it's a piece of piano music. And they write in, Meno Sinistra, play it with your sinister hand, that evil left hand of yours. Oh, well, I don't, I'm not even left handed, so. I know. So for you, it really is sinister. Well, it's not evil. I like my left hand. Okay. I, it just doesn't know how to wipe properly, so I can't wipe with my white hand, with my left hand. Okay. Number eight. Recitativo. Recitativo. Hmm. Recitativo. Recitativo. What do you think it means? Recitativo. Does it sound like an English word to you? No. Recitativo. Because most different posers are not English. A lot of them. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's probably not an English word. It, what do you think it means? I don't know. I don't even have any guesses. No guesses for recitativo. Any stories that you think go along with it? Okay. Recitativo. Meaning rest that tivos. Oh, there we go. There it is. Okay. Okay. What's uh, rest that tivos? What does that mean? Stevo. Like Stevo. A tivo. A tivo. Like starak. What is a, a tivo? I don't even know. A recitativo or recitative is a part of a piece of music. Usually it's part of an oratorio often or, or an opera. And it means that the person singing is not supposed to literally sing it. It's meant, to, it's, it's meant to sound like they're reciting speech or reciting lyrics, reciting the words instead of singing them. But there are notes too. So it's kind of this mix of speaking and singing. So like, like reciting like, with music. a podcast. I'm recording a podcast. So, I mean, I'm not going to sing, but yeah, there are some really famous recitatives. We can listen to some later and we can link to some in the show notes. Okay, number nine is schnell. Schnell. It's snail. It's definitely a kind of snail. It's a kind of snail. That's very interesting. What makes you think it's a kind because of snail? Because it sounds like snail. Schnell sounds like snail? Schnell. Snail. Okay. I will now think it sounds like a snail. Schnell. Okay, schnell actually is a German word, which means fast. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I thought it was so funny that you thought it was a snail, because it actually means the opposite of what snails that. <laughs> so a composer will write schnell in the music as uh, an indicator of way they want you to play it fast. Have look at a sheet of music, and it does say S-N-E-L-L. S-C-H-N-E-L-L. No one that I've seen S-N-E-L-L. Snail. Interesting, which does sound more like snail. Okay, the last one is an English word, I think. 
and it is score. What do you think that score? What do you think is score? Go. Okay, so what would that mean in music? Score. score music. Oh, like a grade. So she shoots, she scores a high grade in music. She shoots, she scores. Hooray. And the crowd goes wild singing, chanting, encore, encore. Encore, encore. <laughs> so score means. I wouldn't do that in hockey though. Because that, that, that's what they always do in the NHL. He shoots, he scores. And then everybody's like, ah. Going wild. <laughs> So a score in music does not refer to the same kind of thing as it does in, say, hockey. Oh, I know. What is it? Uh, because because the something count copies of the score. Oh, you're yawning to something. What do you think that means? I don't know. If you can have copies of the score, what does what are like, like you getting copies of? How many people wanted to go to see it? The score is the copy of the musical composition. So like the actual written out part, and the score includes all of the parts so in an orchestra it would include the violin part viola part cello part trumpet part clarinet part flute part everything all of the parts are written out together so that the conductor or anyone else who wants to know can see exactly who is playing what at any given time it's called the score of the empire states building a very tall building So the score has nothing to do with keeping score, but it does have to do with the comp- the conductor story being able yeah. to like keep time for everyone. Yay! What was your favorite musical term out of all these? Which one surprised you the most? Anacrusis, Cantus Firmus, Da Capo, Anacrusis. Anacrusis was a good one. Okay. I kind of like Mano Sinestra. Sinistra, Sinestra, Sinistra. Oh, yeah. I like that one the most. It's kind of an interesting one. You, you should definitely take Latin classes, Mom. That's definitely a Latin word. So. I'm pretty sure it's a scratch it's in a dry window so see it means something totally different here anyway that is all for this episode of kids cool the music kids cool the music thanks for joining us everyone and have a fabulous week thanks for listening to kids cool the music if you've enjoyed this episode leave us a review your reviews help more people like you find our podcast don't forget to follow us on iTunes and follow us on social media at Lane School of Music. I'm Zara Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. See you next time on Kids Cue the, the Music. music.